three episodes in and Joel is certifiably the saddest motherfucker alive each week. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are going to discuss the third episode of The Last of Us, Long, Long Time, which was written by Craig Mazine once again, directed by Peter Hoare. I really enjoyed the storytelling in this episode when it got to the Bill and Frank storyline. Joel and Ellie, it feels very much as a minor criticism that they are moving set piece to set piece with exposition. And I understand this is exactly more realistically how one would be trekking one's journey through the, the apocalypse. It's not a lot of exciting things going on and that's fair. However, I will say because things have yet to really settle in the Bill and Frank or not Bill and Frank, the Joel and Ellie storyline, it's a little harder to get emotionally invested other than poor Joel. He cannot keep himself a friend. He can't keep a family member. He is very, he's got to feel like the loneliest man alive. is a good juxtaposition against his counterpart Bill who could have suffered the same fate had he not stumbled upon or or circumstance had not brought Frank into his life before we jump into the review wherever you listen to this podcast Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can drop a line below as well. So we're going to start with the Joel and Ellie storyline, even at its conclusion, and then we'll double back to Bill and Frank, because those are the two arcs that we did get. Joel and Ellie, I like their initial interaction with Joel, him making a, I'm not sure if that was kind of a memorial thing, or if it was uh some symbol it's something that is of course symbiotic is that the right word symbolic there that is the correct one we did it we did it we did it definitely a marker of tess's death but he is a man that continues through life his hand is still swollen and i like that the attention to detail on that he goes back to where Ellie is sleeping in the woods. She's never been in the woods before. He doesn't feel like talking to her. Eats very little for himself, but throws the rest to her. And I like that she spoke to him like an adult, you know, because he's already, don't give me your sorries. No, I realize you're not a man that appreciates pity. Not at all. However, I do not want to continue this journey with you blaming me for something that is clearly not my fault you and Tess 
made decisions based on a battery that you needed, I am still just the cargo. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. However, Tess's last words, I think, have made her more than that. And I think that coupled with the last of his friends or tenuous friends, Bill giving him that much advice in the letter that he left him. I think that's going to begin his acceptance of this new journey. And I do like how they did intermingle that storyline together. They then, once they square that out, and I like that he just kind of gives a nod, like understood. He thaws a little bit. He starts to answer her 20 million questions. And that is very annoying. But what can you expect? You have a whole bunch of information that is beneficial to me, which is that she doesn't know much about how the outbreak started. <laughs> I love that she mentioned the conspiracy about how the government failed to to conceal the outbreak. That's what they're focusing on. Very relevant of COVID-19. And that the true story is not that of a monkey, but of a, you know, it's a fungus. It got into some type of flowering mixture something that sold all around the globe things happened in 24 hours you know you got you got your cereal or your pancake mix reminiscent of his daughter good thing he didn't get her that pancake mix uh but anyone that would have consumed that product they would have woken up the next day they would have been ill and then they would have bit someone and then things very quickly devolved from there it wasn't this gradual type of thing. They come across a crashed airplane. And she thinks it's really cool that he was able to go up in the sky. One of those things we take for granted because that's something she imagined she will never be able to do herself. Like, oh, my God, you got to feel the the. What do we like to call that? The. uh the power of flight by traveling in this manner. But he says it really kind of sucked back then because it's still like back then being now <laughs> you're squished in between two people. You get a sandwich. I'm like a sandwich. What flight you been on? <laughs> you get a sandwich. You get some pretzels. That's what you get. Come by with uh, give you half a thing of freaking cola. I don't know. I'll be knocked the fuck out on any type of plane rides. I pop two Zannies and I'm out. I have a mask on my sleeping mask that says do not disturb. Okay. I don't want your watered down shit. I have my own snacks if I'm, <laughs> if I'm hungry, but most likely I won't because as stated, I will be in a mini coma. Neither here nor there. She still counters as stated, like you got to fly and He's like, well, so did those people. <laughs> like, you just got to have the last word, okay? got to live in your cynical life because that's fucking grim. They didn't ask for that. And then they come across a, a place where he has to explain to her how the government mass executed people because everyone cannot survive right there's only so many supplies only so many 
people are going to be able to make it into these camps and it's a terrible thing and not very surprising at all because if you go through history you will realize this is not new behavior this doesn't that the world doesn't need to end for this type of mass genocide of a population and that's something i think to be taken into consideration but from there we pretty much well they do go into where he has kept this stash but apparently he can't remember where it is so she decides ellie to go searching for any possible supplies anytime it's in the dark like that i do not it's not even oh it's so scary it's just i'm so done with those scenes <laughs> to be quite frank i just rather fast forward through them it doesn't build up any anticipation for me it's just more like i can't see what's going on and it's annoying but she does come across an infected and she takes her blade and cuts through its skin to see what the fungus is for herself of course as stated when she's 14 years old that's normal for them to be a little morbidly obsessed she's also obsessed with getting a gun <laughs> frank or not frank why do i keep wanting to say frank joe didn't even look at her and she's like so since we are down a person no you're not getting a gun he leaves his weapon because there's not a lot of ammunition for it and thus it's better stashed than carried around to be taken and that's fair i think that pretty much covers their storyline until the end where they finally do get to bill and frank's community however they realize or he realizes that both have passed away and bill has left a note for joel saying that he was able to have meaning in his life by protecting frank after the outbreak and he needs to find the same for his other as he calls tess but he doesn't know tess is gone and i think that's going to be a transference to ellie like you need to find someone to protect you need to to find something that keeps you going because i was able to find that and if you could find that with tess that's like a blessing and you should hold on to it while leaving him supplies you can tell how much he trusted joel too when he had that moment where he thought he was going to die and he immediately said joel's going to protect you so clearly there's something about joel that uh that makes everyone want to be or makes everyone <laughs> why 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 am i thinking of a sex joke right now <laughs> Joel is the ultimate daddy. But man, they're looking for a battery and they get a whole fucking truck and a whole thing of supplies. So Joel has to decide what he's going to do with Ellie. He does come up with some rules like no personal questions. Do what I say. The, 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 the typical shit. And they are going to go out to find Tommy, which does link up to what the original mission was that Tess wanted him to do, which was 
her to link up with the fireflies and because tommy is a firefly kill two birds with one stone and now we get them officially you know exploring the world together as they make their way to their final destination like there's no more hesitation on joel's part you know there's no getting out of the responsibility because tess only asked that she uh yeah that she ellie be brought to bill and frank not that he should get her to the fireflies but because bill and frank are not available the next best thing is tommy joel did have a moment where he might have broken down and he needs to he needs to bad and i feel like when it does come it's gonna be ugly but he manages to suck up another bit of heartache in his life and that's not healthy i think it's going to explode implode in a manner in which ellie is going to be in danger and he's going to let his bruce banner come out y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here up in here y'all gonna make me go all out up in here up in here y'all gonna make me act the fool up in here oh i almost forgot mortal Kombat. she talks about her friend who used to be a fan of the game and would explain to her about the character melania who swallows people whole and spits out their bones I watched this a few days ago, so I had to look at my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything I wanted to cover <laughs> about any portion of that part of the episode. Yeah, sorry for the delay. I keep getting sidetracked by the the weirdest things, and sometimes that cannot be helped. <laughs> but it will be done before the end of the week. That's my, that's always my solemn promise. It's always my solemn promise. If it didn't come on that day, just know it just got pushed to the next one. So let's talk about Bill and Frank. This is an altered or very deeply contextualized storyline from the game. So I have been told by my comic geek, Sasha, <laughs> She says, this is not in the game. All they really hear about, well, Frank left Bill because he was so horrible to live with that he hung himself. And then Bill pretty much met Joel one time in the game and never was seen again. So all of this backstory is new and it certainly ended in a different fashion. I'm glad that they changed the backstory because the other one sounds like it sucks. And this one was very poignant and full of a lot of emotion. And it breaks the stereotype of the idea that, oh, all I have to do is be a survivalist and I can survive until my old age and to the end of the world. And you find very quickly, and Bill realizes very quickly, that is a lonely existence. That is a prison in which you yourself are the warden. Humanity did not survive because of our isolation. We survived because of our cohesion and our need and desire to be dependent on the other and for our desire for the strong to defend and protect the weak. 
that is the strength of humanity as a species and why we are as successful as we are. So having a storyline where you see a guy who has all of (laughs) the signs of a paranoid prepper, you know, he's got the American flag flying. He's got cameras in his basement. Well, his bunker, really. They are evacuating the town. And you and you realize immediately from the storyline in Joel's that he's not wrong. He's not paranoid because the government does execute in it or did execute innocent people uh, in the early days of the outbreak. So if he had gotten on that bus with the rest of those people and you see that woman with the baby, you realize that he understands that in times of crisis, the government is not to be trusted. Now that, that I think you don't need to be paranoid or a prepper to be. And I think that's where the interesting part of that conversation is. Cause I'm not, I'm not saying like preppers are the, uh, <laughs> they certainly got all their facts together and they're, you know, mentally all there. But there is rationally the idea of being being distrustful of one's government. Yeah, I think, frankly, as a black and brown person, you can relate to that. You're like, ah. But at the same time, how ingrained are you to seek out those figures when things happen? Because that's how society has trained you to react. But having the 15,000 guns in the basement, you know, that's not, (laughs) it worked out for Frank or Bill. It worked out for Bill. But afterwards, he's able to get his entire community, particularly where he lives. And he also is starting from a position like he's not in a, you know, down in a, I don't want to pick a state because it sounds really rude when you do. But in a very limited inhabited state like North Dakota, you know, in a bunker with 15,000 rifles. Yeah, that's a a little different. Sawed off shotguns and shit. But he seems to have been an intelligent person making an intelligent decision. And that is certainly to be taken into consideration by separating him from what we would usually deem a prepper. So the man is comfortable. The man's doing good. The man's got a generator. He's got a hot shower. He's comfortable. However, one day, what I want to say, two, three years into the pocket lips, the three, I know it was in the early days, he stumbles upon Frank, who falls into one of his booby trap ditches. Frank uh, (laughs) lies about having a weapon because he probably thinks I need to seem as if I'm someone to be reckoned with instead of the pathetic person I am that doesn't even have a bag on their person. He explains that he escaped from the Baltimore QZ. It's gone. He's just trying to get to Boston. He did have people with him, but he's the only one left. Bill goes and gets him a ladder to allow him up. He's able to check him see if he's infected he's like how the hell you get one of those (laughs) and it's a it's a weird standoff at first because he's like okay i'm not gonna harm you you can go on now and frank immediately says look i'm hungry 
And why not? This person clearly is not going to harm you. They are, they, 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 they helped you out because they could have left you in there to, to rot. And what's, what's a gamble if you're not going to roll the dice? <laughs> He's like, uh, well, I don't want you to tell your bum friends and they come over here. He's like, look, I ain't going to tell anybody. And you can already tell I'm a terrible liar. So he invites him in. He allows him to take a shower. He gets some clothes for him. Bill is adorably skittish. <laughs> because on one one uh, side, he's distrustful. But at the same time, you know, you can feel, it's not really hard to feel someone out. I mean, most of us are pretty good at assessing when we're in a threatening situation, particularly someone with a heightened sense of doing such. So he can read Frank as a non-threat, which is what allows him to invite him into his home. And then Frank is kind of that insistent, you know, he's kind of give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Oh, this is so nice, almost done. Wait, can I have five more minutes? (laughs) Not only that, he sits the man at a dinner table, sets the table for him, very easily, Frank is starting to understand the man that he is sitting across. Like this one, this guy seems very much on the outside, has a tough exterior, but there's a just a gentleness to him, a kindness to him that that is uh, different than what is presented. And that moment where he saw he saw him standing. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? But also, Frank wants to stay because he likes Bill. He's intrigued enough by him to want to know more. It's not just, oh, I don't want to go out there. I think he is someone that probably at this point has uh, has gone through some shit, you know. Um, he has a destination in mind, but he he wants to see who this person is on a deeper level. And he looks at the the piano. He starts to play the song. (laughs) I love Bill's sly shade. He's like, look, I'm no expert. (laughs) But he's like, look, I will leave, but you should play. Because he almost wants to repay him back for what he's doing, what he gave to him. And that that love of music, that desire. He's like, this isn't you. <laughs> He's like, that's my mother. <laughs> but he, he immediately is able to understand him. I thought all of that was very well done. The moment where they share their first kiss. You know, this is the end of the world. We're not going to date, okay? <laughs> there is no uh, pretense needed 
in these scenarios. And I love that. Uh, so as soon as they kiss, he's just like, go take a shower. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go do that. I'm going to do that. Uh, and then the, their, their first time and him explaining, you know, you know, I tried it with a girl, but he's like, okay, it's okay. I'm going to do this very, <laughs> I'm going to initiate you very slowly. I do like that conversation, right? Cause that's always glossed over. You know, we never get the intimate details. It's always just the beginning or the aftermath and it feels so natural. And it's these older men, that don't need to really hide behind facades he's like who's the girl you were talking about and he's like there was no girl and he's like i know uh i understand what's happening in the air right now <laughs> we are capitalizing on this and he says look i'm not a whore <laughs> but i am going to stay for four days and or a couple of days and we'll take it from there and then it's three years later <laughs> And they're arguing about the state of their neighborhood because Frank is someone who is a an extrovert, whereas Bill is an introvert. And Bill beforehand, he rather lived in, in kind of darkness and in shadow. And you see, even in those three years, that Frank has brought out some light, some worthiness of living because as stated before, what is living if you are not loving something, putting love into something? And so that's what he wants to do. He's like, let me go ahead and just, you know, do the clothing store and do the wine store and the boutique. <laughs> and he tells him, look, we're going to entertain friends because I've been talking to someone on the radio. He's <laughs> like, what? I love that he can't deny him despite how gruff his exterior is because he understands immediately. I think they do feel as if they were very lucky to find each other, which it was serendipitous. And so we get Tess and Joel in their first meeting <laughs> with Bill pointing a gun and Joe's just like, I get it. And Frank's like, we're going to do this. We are, we are Tess. Let's go inside and look at things. I don't, you're not going in there. You're not going in the house. You're why don't I even say anything. <laughs> and Joel uh, makes several propositions. Like, look, you're going to, we have things that you might need, which later on, it turns out they needed the medicine. They needed the, the wire. They needed things that, help them out in the QZ zone that they were able to trade. And now we know where the pills are coming from. I don't know what I was seeing in the first episode. I, I don't know. <laughs> Clearly I was incorrect in reading that scene. But he tells him exactly what it is. He's like, yeah, you're free from infection up here. Uh, yeah, no one's, uh, the, the QZ is not going to come up here and, and bother you because <laughs> What do you yell? It's like the government is full of Nazis. Well, yeah, now. <laughs> this is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you. The subtle digs were class. There were quite a few in this episode. That was one of my faves. <laughs> one of my faves. And uh, he, he warns them like, hey, it's going to be a team. 
they're going to be well armed and they're going to come for you they're going to come from that gate and if it is not properly protected and just think if he did not have that relationship with tess and joel this would have been the time that his euphoria was destroyed but because he had that relationship because they invited and you have that reliance on communication with people it turns out frank was the one that came up with the idea of the radio codes um that they were able to survive this night which allowed them so many more years what 20 more years together 10 10 or 15 more years together i'm not sure of the timeline uh, but you see that after, wait, that was before, or was it after? No, it was before that moment where there's a uh, <laughs> Frank's all young and nimble and uh, <laughs> Bill's trying to keep up. He's trying to help him stay in shape. And he's like, I got a surprise for you. Not that surprise. And he takes them to a strawberry garden. And I love that. That was my favorite scene of the episode is them just enjoying something so very simple, something they probably never thought they would enjoy. Again, Frank putting the love and care to make that a reality for both of them, enjoying it at the same time, holding hands, everything about that. I know a lot of people were crying during this episode. I didn't shed any tears. I was smiling. I thought this was just all beautiful to see unfold it wasn't sad it was satisfying uh i know people cried tears of happiness too (laughs) apparently i don't cry tears of happiness i've been told very often i have no no soul so touche anywho that's when they're attacked and bill is harmed and he says look i've made a list and despite frank listening and hearing him out on everything he's prepped because that's what bill does he does survive it's like you're here with me it's like go to joel he'll protect you Uh, which definitely speaks a lot about their their friendship Uh, because joel understood too that he needed something to protect and at that moment too at the the strawberries when he said i wasn't afraid until you came along that's very real it's like when you only have yourself to look after for you can be you know (laughs) you could be uh fearless but when you're when you may have someone to lose well that's when the anxiety everything gets so much so much more uh meaningful and so the years go by and we see that unfortunately despite what he thought prior it is frank who is in the ill health he's combined confined to a wheelchair he uh is dying of a terminal disease and we see how they've been living their life with him painting and despite you know bill's kind of old age as well him watering the flowers and he's still doing all the things that frank would have done and keeping the house just beautiful for him and then feeding him cutting up his meals making sure he's taking his pills putting him to bed and when he wakes up frank says look i've had more good days with you than bad days i want to have one more good day despite all the tears it's like starting now i want you to make me some fucking toast (laughs) then we're gonna go to the boutique and then you're gonna cook us a wonderful meal 
And then I'm going to put these pills all crushed up in my wine. And then I'm going to fall asleep in your arms. And I don't think one can ask for a better death. If we're being quite frank, we all love to avoid death, but we never like to prepare for it. And I thought this was a great way for which both men spent their last day together. They got married. He picked out their tuxedos. It's like, you're going to wear what I want you to wear. <laughs> Everything about it was just so, it's just so beautiful. It was so well done. The actors were amazing. Uh, I know Nick Offerman from a few things, but not not from what most people know him from, which is, um, I think, The Office. <laughs> yeah, one day I will watch The Office, but I have not. And Frank was played by Murray Bartlett. I think they both just owned their roles and they felt so natural and the chemistry was just there. That's what sold the episode, I think more so than the Joel and Ellie aspect of it. But another story arc that ended in in pretty much the loss of someone that Joel could turn to for any emotional sustenance in his life. And so while it was a very beautiful, confined story arc, I would have loved to have some of these characters around still. <laughs> But it's natural. Even the the twist, I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. I mean, not only is Bill an older man himself, you know, because he's like, come on over here. It took him like five years to get over that side of the couch. That man's bones have been going for no other reason than for Frank, for their continued days together. So it made all the sense to me that he put it in his wine as well and that they would die together because there is no point to him carrying on you know how could you even carry on at that moment and why would you when you have everything you ever could have had and more when the world ended so i gave this episode a 10 out of 10 really enjoyed it i know mimi said it was boring the show i'm not sure which episode she's on um and i i think that could that's a fair assessment if you're looking for more of an action pack or action driven show and there is some scenes particularly in the first two episodes that were a little bit more uh you know spooky scary in the dark really don't want to go through these type of scenes because they're they're (laughs) atypical so I can certainly see that everyone would not be a fan but I do think they are thus far doing a really good job with the with the actual storytelling bit but I do would like to have something in the next episode that's a little bit more action driven and it's okay if I don't get it because I'm not gonna turn down a good you know uh character driven episode I just I just want more in the future to look forward to (laughs) right now it's tommy and retina wesley for whatever reason or purpose (laughs) and quite frankly now i'm getting scared that they're dead too i've rambled on enough let's jump into the feedback
Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I'm here to give my feedback for episode three of Blast of Us. I went ahead and snuck in um, viewing it. I was working from home today, so I was watching it, and which was a very bad mistake on my part because... <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, and I, I sent a little message um, in regards to my feelings. This show is killing me. It's fucking killing me. I, I'm like, it hasn't been an episode yet where I haven't bawled like a baby. Uh, I mean, well, on the one hand, I love this show. On the other hand, I, I, I hate this show <laughs> so much. I'm like, can't I not go through an episode without fucking crying? Is that even possible? Is that possible? I'm demanding that see that episode four not have me sobbing like a baby. And so, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, the feels every stinking week. I'm like, what is happening here? So this one was major, majorly, majority, majority. I can't even talk um, about Bill and Frank and their love story, and oh my gosh, (laughs) y'all, I was like, as soon as it started, um, because I started watching it last night, but I'm like, no, I'm tired, and I got to go to bed, and I knew that you were going to possibly do the podcast on Wednesday, and so I was like, I'm going to have to squeeze in some time to watch it, so like I said, I was, well, I didn't say, but so I kind of like snook and watched it, because uh, I'm working from home. And so I was like, okay. And, uh, and then their story happened. And like halfway through the story, I'm like, oh my God, someone's going to die. <laughs> this is how this, especially when um, when they had the, the lunch with um, Tess and Joel, when they were introduced to each other. And then he was like, yeah, there's raiders. And he's like, no, nah, I could take care of myself. I could take care of my own and all that stuff. And I'm like, Bill, don't be, don't be a shithead. Um, you got to, you know, take the help when you can get it. And, you know, and he was, Joe was pointing out legit stuff. Like, yeah, that's going to fall apart. You know, your whatever, the wiring. I mean, it was already starting to fall apart. And like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You're going to need help. It's like, yeah, you've lasted this long, but at some point, you know, your luck runs out. And so and there's raiders and all that stuff. So I was like, dude. And then when it ended up happening, you know, the explosion started. And then, you know, Bill is out there just, you know, machine gunning away. I was like, oh, my gosh, one of them's going to die. <laughs> it's like either Bill's going to die or Frank's going to run out there and he's going to get shot. I'm like, and then so I couldn't even watch. It's like, oh my gosh, someone's gonna then when he Bill got shot, I was like, oh my gosh, he, he's gonna die. And then they put him on the table and then uh, and it made it seem like and he's like, Yeah, call Joel, he'll protect you. And I'm like, oh my I can't deal with this, I can't handle this. But then obviously we all know he ended up living and then they ended up growing old together. And then I guess he had what, MS? Or something, he had something. You know, my um, grandma, she had MS before she passed away. And it seems to be along those lines um, when your muscles start to degenerate. And, um, you know, and it's so funny because, not funny, haha, but funny as far as like they thought that 
Frank would be the one taking care of Bill because Bill was the older of the two, but it ends up being the reverse. Um, and so, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to get emotional, but this, I mean, I don't even know what this has to do with the video game at all. Like what, other than this is just what, uh, um, a plot point in the game, a place to get more ammunition and stuff like, which is what Joel and Ellie ended up doing. But, um, which whatever I, I just know. And I, and at the time I was like, maybe they'll link up, like they're linking up with them and then they're all going to go, but no, it was just a stopping point. And so, but we got to see their story and I'm trying not to get emotional when I think about it again, but it, it really had me. I'm like, this is beautiful. I'm not, I'm sorry. I mean, you can make fun of me, but I, I loved it. I was, I was, <laughs> I was engaged the whole time in their story and, you know, on and pins and needles too, because I'm like, I keep thinking something's going to happen. Like something's going to happen to them. Um, so that was beautiful. I love seeing younger Tess and Joel. I'm like, oh, they, she looks so young and so not as haggard and, you know, torn down by life at the time. So that was nice to see. And I, I not really, you know, I, I don't typically say this. And I think because, you know, she, she's so Ellie, you know, as far as teenagers, you know, because I'm in that phase of life where, I'm still trying to find my way when it comes to teenage, the teenage thing, but I just—I mean, I just love her, her, her inquisitiveness. I love—it's like this childlike, which is makes sense, but it's like how she sees the world, and like you got the jaded Joel compared to um, Ellie, who has been very, pretty much sheltered and. I don't know about, I mean, just hear these stories, you know, just can you just imagine like a plane, like that's something you don't, they don't see, they don't have that experience. And so when she saw the plane, it's, it's just like, the, again, this childlike wonder about the world. And of course, and then, and then when a lot of ways it's like, you know, a three or four year old asking a bunch of questions, you know, asking about this, asking about that. And Joel was like, you asked too many questions. But it makes sense. Um, and I love that. I love their dynamic. I love watching her and how she sees the world, the innocence of how she sees the world, even in a in the world that they're in. There's still that innocence about her and that 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 wonder that I just it just she's got my heart. Ellie's got my heart. And so um and yeah, Joel, you know, it's like you know, he's begrudgingly, which I mean, obviously we knew that was going to be the case because that's, I mean, they're the main characters, um, you know, begrudgingly she's, you know, wearing on him, so to speak, you know, he's, he's letting down his, uh, oh, anyway, the, that letter from Bill, it's almost like the test, like what Tess had told him. And then he got that, he read that letter. Of course, it was about keeping Tess safe. But I think that just let him know in her memory, this was a, the last thing that she asked of him to do. And so he's going to take her to where she needs to go. Um, I'm very curious about like what did happen to his friend. Uh, it wasn't Tommy, right? Like, what the heck is going on? Um, so that would be interesting when they get to Wyoming. I'm guessing we're going to meet up with Tommy um, at that point. 
um what else we got to see you know how the government um you know joel was telling ellie how things went down you know the qz's and how they basically just murdered people you know you know it was a very jaded and fucked up way to look at it um and you kind of and it kind of has me wondering you know in regards to this pandemic you know that we went through with covid you know just the government's um mindset when it comes to it and you know it's like sacrifice whoever to do whatever it's like that kind of thing and so it's like even though they weren't infected well the few i mean the more people we kill now the less we got to kill when they're infected which is fucked up. It's like, why would you, like, you're killing innocent people who didn't ask for this pandemic, didn't ask for any of this, and yet, you know, you're just going to murder them um, instead of dealing with, you know, helping them, housing them, uh, and all that stuff. So that was messed up. Um, what else happened in this one? I don't know. The Frank and Bill stories, that's just, that. that's just, took over my mind so I know you know we got some good stuff with um with Joel and Ellie and you know before and after but that's just mostly what got to me um so um again I mean other than loving their dynamic so I think that's all I have I'm I'm rambling at this point um but I love this episode I mean again I don't know what it got to do with the video game I, I don't even care I loved it I just did. <laughs> On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and black or magic. Queen of the couch, shy. Thank you, Queen Mimi, with your thoughts on the episode. I agree with all of your gushing and praise. Uh, I think the emotional sap can certainly be draining or a bit of a roller coaster. That's the part I'm kind of keeping an eye on because. It does take me like a couple of days to want to jump in the episode because I'm just like, oh, emotion, no damage. <laughs> but it still is a really good show. Um, I like that Joel realized that the one thing that endeared him about Bill was his desire and need to take care of Frank, despite you know, uh, the, the Frank being the, the dominant in the relationship, despite him being the far more, the one you would expect to be the dominant. I suppose that's the, I don't know how to say that more politically correct. <laughs> but yeah, this is a really great hour of television. Some are saying it's even the best hour of television of their lives. I don't know if I'm ready to throw up that trophy yet. I've, I've watched a lot of television shows. But I will say, this is probably the best representation of a... No, I can't even say that because first episode of Interview with a Vampire is like goals. <laughs> it's a different type of show. <laughs> but oh my God, Interview with a Vampire. Oh, woo. You talking about invested in a shit. I am so sloppy and thirsty for that second season. But this was very well done. Uh, I want more of this type of wonderful storytelling um an unexpected type of storytelling as well because true you get you walk into interviewing with vampire there's no coy coyness about what you're about to get into <laughs> so don't have much to add 
uh, other than I can't wait to see what next week brings. And yes, I do hope it is something that is not going to be quite as heart wrenching. If you want to send feedback for the next episode or have any other thoughts, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Correct